Podcast Answer Man, episode number 204. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and of course, this is the podcast about podcasting, helping you to take your show to the next level. Doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you've been podcasting for many years, or you're just getting started, there's something we can all do to take our show to the next level. And welcome back, my friends. And I am excited because I already have big plans for today's podcast episode. I already have big plans for next week's podcast episode. And I've got enough audio feedback to keep us going for quite some time. But I want to encourage each and every one of you who uh, would like to submit your questions for Podcast Answer Man, please do go ahead and submit them. Even though there's a long queue right now, um, I preview Uh, voicemail feedback week after week after week as it's coming in. And as I get a question that I particularly like or something that I feel like hasn't been addressed in a long time or ever or whatever the case may be, I will oftentimes throw those to the front of the line. So don't let the fact that I'm about about four or five weeks out on some of the audio feedback, uh, there's a there's a at least a 50-50% chance that if you call in audio feedback for Podcast Answer Man this week, it will be put into next week's show. So with that being said, the voicemail feedback hotline is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can call in your questions at 859-795-4067. I'll probably remember to share that number again at the end of the episode. Hey, today's show, lots of wonderful stuff planned. In fact, I'm going to answer a question about how much should I charge for my podcast sponsorship for a brand new podcast I'm launching? Uh, Should I compensate my interviewees if I plan on uh, selling the interview as premium content. We'll talk about that. Also, Anthony changed his enhanced podcast over to the MP3 format. We'll talk about what the enhanced podcast is. We'll talk about what he means when uh, he calls in and asks about, what do I do about all the missing pictures and all of that good stuff. And then, of course, also in this episode, I am going to be playing the entire audio with just like two or three minor edits. Uh, for time's sake, uh, from the panel discussion from PodCamp Nashville 2011, which uh, was titled, How to Become a Thought Leader Slash Influencer with Your Audio Podcast. You don't want to miss that audio panel discussion. And um, I was very happy that the audio turned out as well as it did. And so I'll be uh, including that in today's show. And at the very end of this episode, you want to stick around if you are at all interested in what I've got going on with my own business and what I have to offer to you guys. I have an update about my podcasting A to Z course that I will be doing once again uh, in May. And I'll let you know how many seats are currently taken, how many are left, and when I'll begin the official push for marketing for that. And also some announcements about some other things that are exciting with Podcast Answer Man and tutorials and stuff that are available. So with that being said, that's what's in this show. If none of that sounds interesting to you, then you probably are subscribed to the wrong podcast. 
Uh, so uh, let's just, of course, I could be joking. Maybe you are subscribed to The Right Podcast. You love this show, but none of those topic topics interest you. Then we'll catch you on the 205 side. All right. So here we go. We're going to start things off with Dave, who has a wonderful accent. And uh, here he is. Hey, goes. podcast answer man. This is Dave Thackeray from Inspiradio at inspiradio.co. And I've got a really quick question for you about show sponsorship. Now, I've been asked to start a monthly show for a fairly big name over here in the UK. They've got some sponsors in mind, but they just don't know what to charge. So my first thought was to ask the great Cliff Ravenscraft, he of the epic experience in this department, Now, I think we'd be gunning at about a 1,000 subscribers within the first couple of episodes. Devotion is bordering on the religious among this brand's customers. So, Cliff, give me an estimate in dollars as to what you imagine a realistic rate would be to charge a sponsor of this obviously fantastic new show. Best regards, and keep up the beyond amazing work. (laughs) Dave, thank you so much. And I absolutely love Dave's enthusiasm and his, his, just his positive forward attitude. You could just tell he, he, uh, he, he is just soaked through and through with positive energy. So fun, fun stuff. Hey, um, here's, here's the situation. When it comes to how much to char- charge a sponsorship, there are a couple things that I like to think about. First and foremost, it's going to be different for every single podcast out there. There is no correct one formula to choose from. And, and in fact, a lot of it, you know, of course, there are some who will disagree with me. There are some people who will point you to the CPM model, the cost per thousand you know, you charge them, you know, $20 for every thousand downloads. Well, if I did that, I'd be poor when it comes to my uh, sponsorships. And, and and I just don't want to do it that way. And I think there are a couple of ways to evaluate the, um, to evaluate the cost of sponsorship for your sponsor. Here are the the things that I think about, and I and I actually spent some time uh, making a short list. And when I say spend some time, I spent about sixty or ninety seconds on this thing. But in my mind, this is something that comes up a lot. I talk about this with my clients a lot, and so here it is. And the first two are actually no, the first three are definitely in the priorities in which I think about them. Okay, definitely, definitely within the priorities. This is the listing. Number one, first and foremost, when I think about a sponsorship, how much do I charge my sponsor? Number one, the very first thing I think about is what is the potential benefit to my audience? All right? So what is it that my sponsor is offering to my audience, you know, because if they're sponsoring, you know, and by the way, sponsoring in my mind is different than advertising. Sponsoring in my mind, and again, I, I haven't even looked up the definition, but it, I'm just going to make up my own definition, the podcast answer man definition for sponsorship. It's different from advertising, not just in the fact that it's host spoken endorsement and all that other jazz. But no, when I say an advertiser, I'm in my mind, I'm thinking of somebody who really doesn't listen to your show. They really don't care too much about your content other than the fact that it goes along with their brand and and stuff like that. And it doesn't go contrary to their own personal values and beliefs and stuff like that. But an advertiser is somebody who just, you know, they, they pay somebody to go out and find places to market their brand. And and so you might be one of those people that are chosen, but the, you know, the people who make decisions for the company that is sponsoring you, 
chances are they don't listen to your podcast. Well, those people are just advertisers, all right? However, what I think of as a sponsor is somebody who, where the the people who make the decisions for the brand, for the company that is sponsoring you, they not only know who you are, but they've listened to your show before. And and I, I prefer a sponsor who is intimately involved in listening to the show and also, if possible, and boy, this one really stretches it, if they can actually be involved in your community. All right. And and I will tell you the two most successful sponsorships I've ever had, both of those are the case. And that's why I have a very I have a very detailed view in my mind of what a sponsor is. And and for me, and of course, you might dis- define a sponsor uh differently than I do. But the question first and foremost, once I'm thinking about bringing on a potential sponsor is what benefit does this sponsor, their business, their brand, their their name recognition even being brought up in my show? How does this impact my audience? Is this a positive experience for my audience to hear? I will tell you that when I came up with, um, when uh, Mardell.com, Daryl Darnell came to me originally, and, and of course, this is three years ago now. So if Daryl will can correct me, I'm sure, if, if I get this wrong. But my or- original recollection of that conversation was this that he came to me and he wanted to have uh, Mardell sponsor the Lost podcast. You know, we had a very popular podcast, a huge audience, and and Mardell was launching a international, or not international, but, well, maybe it is international, but anyway, I know it's national. Anybody in the United States, they could uh, start purchasing from their online web store over at mardell.com slash gspn. That's M-A-R-D-E-L dot com slash gspn. If you go there, you'll see the featured products that I have and how we have things set up uh, over over for that sponsorship. But the thing is, is, they wanted some brand recognition. They wanted to get the name out, to get the word out. And they re- they recognized that because my wife and I are who we are, that, that we probably have a, a, a pretty decent-sized audience, or at least a percentage of them, who would consider themselves to be Christians, which would be within their target audience. Well, I happen to know a lot about my audience. I, matter of fact, I used to pull my audience every single year. I'm about two years behind on that, and I need to actually do another pull. But I, I knew at the time very clearly that 60% of my lost audience were Christians. That meant 40% of themselves did not identify themselves as Christians. And so when I thought about the potential benefit to my audience for having Mardell as a sponsor of the Lost Podcast, I did not see it as an appropriate fit. Sure, would it be an appropriate fit for more than half of them? Absolutely. Is it a but but when I consider that it's not an appropriate fit for 40% of my audience, I I chose not to go that route. And of course, that's when I had suggested to him to say, hey, you know, we're thinking about launching this podcast uh called Family from the Heart. And the the podcast, here's here's the here's the Here's the theme of it. Here's the idea of it. Here's the target audience. This is the this is everything we're thinking about this. And the target audience, it's not necessarily just Christians, but that's that is who we primarily will probably most appeal to. And 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 I, I tell them certainly, you know, there probably will be fifteen if I had to guess, maybe fifteen, maybe even twenty percent of the audience that will listen regularly and 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 really be interested in this content will be non-Christian. But I think you're going to have a much higher targeted audience as far as um, the Christian values that we share in our Family from the Heart show. And I think it's a, it'd be a better fit. At the time, I had zero, zero subscribers 
to that podcast because I hadn't launched it. I mean, well, we launched one episode, but it was just out there. And we said, we don't know when we'll ever start this, but this is the idea of what we're thinking here for this show. And so it just sat out there forever. And Mardell says, you know what? We love this concept. So how much would it be for us to sponsor it? So then the, so number one, what's the potential benefit for my audience? Number two, now, what's the potential benefit for my sponsor? Okay, now all of a sudden it's like, okay, now is, okay, I feel like this is a good fit for my audience. Now, my question is, if they're going to give me money, what am I going to give them in return? All right. So, so what do I feel? And, 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 and the, the question isn't necessarily right now immediately because I have zero subscribers or, you know, whatever. But over time, you know, throughout this relationship, number one, how long of a relationship is, do I anticipate this being with my sponsor? Hopefully it's a long-term commitment. And, and so I, I think about th- through all of those different things when I think about the strategy. But the question isn't, you know, it's not how much money can I get out of this? That's never the first thing. In fact, it's never the second thing. The second thing, the first thing is, what does my audience get out of this? Number two is, what does my sponsor get in return for what they're paying? And then number three is still not, what am I getting out of this? Number three is, what is my confidence level? Okay? And, and by golly, this is, this is why you're going to hear me always say, I don't know how much you should charge. Because I don't know, number one, what the benefit to your audience would be for that sponsor. Number two, I don't know what your benefit that you can bring to your sponsor from your audience. And number three, I definitely don't know how much confidence you personally have that you can convince your audience of the benefit of working with your sponsor. Okay? Now, for me, when I, when I look at Mardell, and I said, yes, this is great for my audience. Number two, I see some long-term commitment here. And I believe that over time, I can deliver a lot of value to them. And given the amount of time that I think that this relationship will last, I have, I have, like, I have more confidence than confidence you can possibly have that I am going to be able to eventually convince my audience of the benefit of them working with my sponsor. Okay, then the next thing still is not, uh, what do I get out of this? The next is, what's the potential size of my audience? And again, this is, this is you know, starting out, but this is growing my audience. Where, where do I see this going? And by the way, I have some very big ideas for what's going to happen eventually with Family from the Heart. And I believe we're going to achieve some very big things that people never, well, actually, there are people out there who dreamed it possible way before I did. But but I'm starting to really to, to see into the future some, some amazing things. But when I started this out, I, I, I at least had a, a, an idea and a picture in my mind of where I wanted to go. So I considered, you know, the confidence level that I could convince my audience of the benefit of the sponsor, of working with the sponsor, the potential size of the audience. Then what's the lifespan of the content? You know, this is the long tail effect. The the VA podcast is a perfect example of this. As I'm recording this, there are only 38 episodes over at virtualassistantpodcast.com. And as far as I know, there may never be another episode of virtualassistantpodcast.com. If there are, if I do add any more episodes, I may limit that to 40 or at the most 50 episodes. Okay, but I'm, I'm thinking I might just leave it at 38, and the reason why is because I want to make sure 
that the content is easily consumable by somebody who just happens to come across it. Start with episode number one and go all the way through to episode 38 and by golly, you have a wonderful educational package that will that will walk you through the process of everything I think that you should know about hiring a virtual assistant in your small to medium-sized business. Well, guess what? All 38 of those episodes sponsored by a sponsor. And guess what? Those episodes are still getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of downloads. All 38 episodes getting hundreds of downloads every month. That sponsor today is still benefiting. I haven't recorded an episode in four months and they are still benefiting today. So what's the lifespan of the content? What's the ability to track the results, to get feedback on the effectiveness of the sponsorship? All right, so I want to suggest that you actually work with your sponsor to make sure that they're giving you feedback. You know, a lot of the the advertising model is, you know, they you give stats and they pay you based upon those stats. No, 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 no. Matter of fact, no sponsor that I've ever had has ever known how many subscribers to my podcasts that I have for this podcast that they're sponsoring. It's never happened. I have never given those details. They've never asked for those details. You know why? Because I was able to assess the benefit to my audience. I was able to communicate the benefit to uh, to my sponsor. I was able to have more confidence than you can imagine that I was actually going to be able to deliver something of value over the course of the time, that uh, of the course of the relationship. And I was able to take and make an adjusted plan for how much I wanted to charge. So basically, once you get all of this stuff, um, then you ask them, say, listen, I want you to keep track. How are you going to do this? Can you give me a promo code? Can you give me a monthly report? And I want to tell you, as soon as 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 Mardell.com gave me a monthly report, the the number, the, the, the influence, the, the number of sales and the amount of sales went through the roof as soon as I started getting monthly results from them. You can ask them. In fact, I might even bring Daryl on sometime to talk about it. Anyway, um, but yeah. So, and then of course, once you decide all of this different stuff, then you can determine a dollar amount, a dollar figure, and then you propose that for, and what I would recommend, propose it for a minimum a minimum of a six-month trial sponsorship, all right? And see what you can do over the six months. And by the way, don't overpromise on the six months. But what you will do is you will actually see that it takes about three or four months for your audience to eventually respond, unless it's just some amazing made-in-heaven marriage for your your sponsor and your audience. But um, over time, you can deliver. And in fact, it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful things happened the way they did with Family from the Heart. But anyway, so to answer your question, Dave, and to anybody else that has the same question, how much is a feasible amount that to charge? I don't know. It's, it's, it, it depends on the benefit to your audience, the benefit to your sponsor. Your level of confidence has every... I mean, you know what? If you have little confidence that you can actually convince your audience to buy from your sponsor, you know what? You shouldn't be charging anything. You shouldn't charge a penny because you're not worth it. (laughs) Wow, that was harsh. Did I just say that? Yes, I did. And you know what? When I started podcast consulting back in January 2008, 
I was barely worth the $50 that I charged. Do you know why? Because my confidence level wasn't even at $50. I had a hard time overselling myself to people trying to convince them to hire me for consulting one-on-one at $50 an hour. I didn't have confidence that I was that valuable. Today, and I don't think I've actually publicly said this uh, here on Podcast Answerman, I I think I've shared it on Pursuing a Balanced Life over at pursuingabalancedlife.com, cross-promotion right there. Um, Anyway, uh, but my my consulting rate today, $200 an hour. It is. I, I did. I actually took a, I took a rate increase. Now, I want to let you know, for all of you out there who are listening to this, if you have ever hired me previously, uh, prior to April 1st, 2011, if you've ever hired me for consulting, I want to let you know your existing rate of 150 per hour is still valid through the end of 2011. All new clients, my rate is $200 an hour. And do you know what? I am worth every single penny. Actually, you want to know something? The reason I can charge that is because I not only do I have confidence that I'm worth the 200, I have confidence that I'm actually worth 300 right now. Actually, no I don't. Because my my mastermind group told me that I should be that I should raise my rate to 300 and I didn't. So I just I actually I just stretched the truth there. I don't believe I'm worth 200 300 yet. But eventually I will have the confidence that I'm worth 300 and I might have that confidence by the end of uh, by the end of May. But I believe that, you know, and, and it's, you know, how much, and where does confidence come from? It's not something that I just drum up and believe. It, confidence comes from experience. Confidence comes from the amount of knowledge that you acquire. The confidence comes from the amount of stuff that you've been able to offer and you can actually, you can actually show value. And, and so I've actually been building upon that, building upon that. It's been five and a half years now that I've been podcasting. And by golly, my value increases. And as I, and, and as my value increases, my confidence increases. And as my my confidence increases, so does the amount that I can charge because then I feel like I'm worth it. And if I don't feel like I'm worth it, I feel like I'm, ste- I'm stealing from people. I feel like I'm swindling people. And, and that's the way I think that, that you should feel about your sponsor. If you don't feel the confidence that you can bring value to your sponsor, you shouldn't be charging sponsors anything. Ah, man, boy, that's, boy, that got really controversial there. Um, but it's, 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 it is what I feel. It is what I feel. I remember working with um, a certain client of mine who had a podcast and, and, and he hired me for an hour of consulting. And do you want to know what that hour of consulting consisted of? It consisted of me helping him to understand the value that he had to potential sponsors. I'm not kidding you. I spent one hour of actually, I wouldn't call that consulting. I would call it, uh, I would call it coaching. I spent an entire hour I made $150 for that hour. And I got paid $150 for that one hour to sit down and help this one client understand the high value that he would have as a result of his two and a half years of podcasting being the number one podcast in iTunes for his particular niche and his relationship that he already had with his on. I literally spent one hour just helping him build his confidence in his value that he had to offer to a sponsor. And do you know what? It helped. It did. And do you think he's made more than $150 since there? Then you better believe it. So anyway, Dave, how much? I think that by judging by your feedback, 
I would say that you've got a very popular person on your hand. You obviously have a lot of confidence in its value. I would say, you know what? I, w- I wouldn't turn down. I would, I, I would think maybe judging by your feedback, and of course, it's the littlest thing that I have, you know, potential benefit to your audience, the sponsor thinking, all those things. I, I wouldn't be shocked if you charged at least $500 an episode. Um, and, and that might be low, that might be a very low figure, but it, then again, judging upon everything else I just said, that could be a very high figure. So it just depends. It, de- it does. And, 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 and it depends on so many factors. And one, now that I'm thinking about it, I should have spent maybe 95 seconds and my, and put on one more factor, my relationship with my audience. All right. Let me just throw that one right in there. My relationship with my audience. I also would gauge that as well. All right, so we are going to move on to another one. Man, I tell you what, I get so fired up on these things. All right, we're going to go to Robinson. If I can get my mouse to go over to my other screen and hit clip number 64. Robinson, take it away. Hi, Cliff. This is Robinson in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm calling about the with a question for the podcast Answer Man. Uh, my question has to do with interviewing. Um, I plan to start a podcast in the next few months, and I plan to uh, interview folks um, from time to time and possibly offer it as part of a uh, premium content podcast. I wanted to know uh, what are your thoughts on offering premium interviews, premium content interviews, and uh and, 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 and compensating interviewers. Um, is that something that's expected or is it understood that you will use their interview uh, or their information to uh, offer it to your listeners as part of a premium podcast where you're getting paid and they're not getting paid? Sounds a little bit like something that's a little bit of a taboo topic, so I wanted to check with you and see what your thoughts on it were. Thanks, and uh, thank you for your show. I enjoy listening. Thanks, bye. Robinson, I would say that that is only as taboo as sex is in marriage, all right? It's all about the relationship, right? And it's all about... it. it <laughs> wow, where did I come up with that one? Seriously, if you're married, you should be able to talk about expectations with sex, right? Uh, and if not, uh, you should listen to Family from the Heart. There's another cross-promotional plug familyfromtheheart.com. Anyway, but anyway, no, it's not a taboo topic. The only thing that's important here when it comes to thinking about interviewing people, all right? Thinking about interviewing people and and charging money for that interview. Um, it's not a taboo topic at all, but don't assume anything. No, it's not just expected that somebody's going to do an interview with you and that you're going to go off and make it premium con- content and make money from it and not share anything with them. That's not expected. What's expected is that if you're going to do an interview, that you communicate up front what's going to happen with that interview. I, I, you know, so basically just be upfront about everything, decide everything ahead of time. And then as far as, you know, should you compensate or not compensate? I've seen it done both ways. I've actually done things both ways. Um, and, And of course, I haven't done interviews. I've never sold interviews, uh, but I've actually sold, um, some, you know, different, you know, styles of uh, webinars where I've brought in guests. Now, I have been a part of a uh, five and a half week program where I actually taught for 90 minutes about my particular 
field of study, and I I was never compensated for that in any way whatsoever. But the people who participated in that five and a half week course, uh, by golly, they paid a pretty penny for that to, to participate in that course. I didn't receive any money from that. But you know what I did receive? I received some recognition and and some um, uh, brand, yeah, just brand recognition in the place. I, I actually got my name out there in front of some folks. So you know, I I didn't expect anything in return from that. But at, at, as it turned out, over the course of the next eighteen to twenty four months, I actually ended up making a couple thousand dollars as a result of being on there because those people eventually started listening to Podcast Answer Man. Some of those people did, and some of those people had, you know, immediately hired me. Some of those people just, I'm not kidding you, one of them, this was, this was, gosh, I I think it was probably a year and a half, two years ago uh, that I was on that. And here I am, just in in March, one of those students from that course signed up for my $800 podcasting A to Z course last month. So you just never know. And of course, so for me, I, I don't mind that I didn't get compensated for each person. I didn't want a percentage of that sale. It was I was honored to be a part of that. And sometimes, you know, it depends on how much time is necessary, what kind of prep work do I need to do, and all these other things. So you might want to consider, you know, what does the interviewee gain? Uh, and, and don't forget about their exposure to your audience and your most diehard member, especially if this is premium content. You're not just exposing them to the average listener. You're sp- you're exposing those to the people who are spending money with you and who are you who are investing in their business or investing in in their knowledge and wisdom moving forward. These are people who value education. These are people who value expertise. And so they're paying for the service. So man, as far as getting exposure, who else better to get exposure to? It's kind of like getting in the iTunes store uh, versus just having your own website. You know, why do people actually give 30% of their income over to Apple when they bring their app over to the, you know, the Mac app store? Well, it's because the people who actually get marketed to have a credit card tied to their user account and they can click one button and boom, you get 70% of that sale every time somebody makes that sale. Could you have made that sale and kept 100% for yourself? Yes, but iTunes brings a lot to the table. Now, this might go back to what I shared with a certain premium uh, service that was just announced with a certain streaming provider uh, and, and media host. And I still think, you know, to myself, it's like, okay, what mechanism for marketing is there other than the marketing you're bringing to the table already? And so that's why I still am very, you know, critical of an idea of giving somebody 40% of my income when I really feel like I'm doing everything. And of course, there are some newspapers out there who don't want to give iTunes 30% for their you know, su- subscribers because they know that they're doing most of the marketing that brings those people to the table. So anyway, I hope that that helps. The, the big thing here, Robinson, um, just just communicate it ahead of time. I think you're completely fine, assuming, not assuming anything, but I think you're completely fine uh, thinking that you have something of value to interview somebody and to actually sell that as a premium product or a premium access only, and you keep 100% of the profit, but make sure that your interviewee knows that ahead of time. All right. For purposes of moving forward, man, is this this thing's going to be over an hour already. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and answer Anthony Vickers' question right here. Thanks, Liv. This is Anthony Vickers from right here in Richmond, Kentucky, a little south of you. Uh, I run the Morning Drive uh, podcast. It's about 
University of Kentucky uh, sports actually doing that daily. Uh, but my question is for podcast answer, man. I've learned everything I know from you, and it's uh, been great. But I've heard that you've explored everything in uh, uh, your podcast as an MP3 format. Uh, I was using the M4A format out of GarageBand, and now I've switched to the MP3 because I did. I have started using Libsyn, and you know, obviously the file size is uh, smaller, and I, I'm trying to put a lot of episodes in there. Again, I'm doing this daily, and I've lost all the images on the, my podcast as it shows in iTunes uh, because the MP3 cannot encode all of the, um, you know, all the information that you can in the M4A file. Uh, and then also I have one more question: is uh, the, the all the notes that you see on your podcast? And I'm, you know, I'm listening to uh, your show on my uh, iPhone, and you know, it says, hey, you know, call this uh, the pod, the podcast answer man hotline if you've got questions. And here's the number where I've seen show notes. I've also seen on the Grammar Girl and other podcasts, they'll have the entire uh, podcast transcript actually uh, in those notes. And I've filled out everything I know to fill out in GarageBand, and I cannot figure out how you get those notes on there. And I would love to know because I, too, have a phone number and things I love people to be able to do or just kind of a message I love to be able to reinforce uh, by using that tool. So. Uh, one is MP3 versus the M4A, and how do I? If it is MP3, how do I get the images and the show notes and all those types of things um, uh, in that MP3 file and the show notes? Where is that located at? So thanks again. Show's been a huge help, and uh, hope to hear from you soon. Thanks. All right, Anthony, thank you so much for your call. And uh, again, I am going to rush through this as quickly as possible. First and foremost, uh, what Anthony has there doing his AAC files out of GarageBand and adding these images, he's got what we call an enhanced podcast or what he had one. By the way, this is a very old call. And I know that a lot of things have already been worked out for him. But for those of you who are who uh, are new to this, um, what he has is an enhanced podcast. An enhanced podcast allows you to actually include images at certain points in the topic. So for example, let's just say if I did a podcast that was a product review, and I was just giving you an audio review of of 10 different products today. Well, as I'm talking about the Ederall R-09HR recorder, I could, at that very moment that I start talking about it, I could actually show you a displayed image of that recorder. And in fact, you could even make it to where if you click on that image, it takes you to a place where you could buy it, even an affiliate link if you wanted to. All right. And then, of course, then when I got in and talked about the JK Audio broadcast host, well, by golly, as soon as I start talking about that, I can make the image change. So instead of your podcast art on your iPhone or your iPod staying static, as it is with an MP3 file, with an AAC enhanced podcast, you can actually, as a podcaster, change the images to to actually suit what you're talking about. There are, I know some podcasters who had more than two or 300 images and they're actually, it's kind of like a flip book as you're going through their podcast. Uh, I just want to say first and foremost, I am not a fan of enhanced podcasts personally. Okay. <laughs> I added personally on there. Please don't send me your feedback. Tell me how much you love them because I understand that you love them and that's fine. I don't. All right. First and foremost, not everybody out there has an iPod, an iPhone, or an iOS device. There are a lot of people who have devices that have no idea how to display those files, those images. And not only that, but they can't even just, they just can't play the audio alone. 
because it's an AAC. It is an Apple, you know, proprietary kind of format. Now, there are some devices that can, and they just won't display the images as whatever. But here's the thing. Creating an MP3 file makes your work available to everybody. Now, you could do what some people do. Go ahead and make an MP3 version of your show, and then also create an enhanced version of your show and do two RSS feeds. I would highly recommend that you not do a single feed and put them both in there because there are people in Australia who have very limited bandwidth, and they're not the only country that has that. Okay, so sending them two versions of every episode is going to be frustrating for those people. So what some people do is they actually create two feeds and they put two different feeds in the iTunes store. And and then all of a sudden you create what I consider to be feed confusion. You know, it's like somebody who has no idea. They just got a Zoom Zoom player. or let's No, let's take it back. They just got a um, uh, an MP3 player of some kind of creative Zen player. And they're, they've downloaded iTunes because they heard that that's the, that's the easiest way to, to subscribe to podcasts. And then all of a sudden, you know, they really don't know very much about podcasts, but they know they want to subscribe to a podcast that's in your particular niche. And they start typing in a, a code and or a, a search and they find this podcast and they see two of your show. And one says standard MP3 and one says, ooh, look at me, I'm enhanced. Well, which one do you think they're going to choose? They're going to choose the enhanced. And then they're also going to find all the other podcasts that only have one feed that are all MP3s. And they're going to subscribe to all of those podcasts as well. And they're going to actually sit down on their Creative Zen player, drag and drop all of those over. And they're going to listen to these podcasts and find out which ones they like the most. They go to play your enhanced podcast and it doesn't play. Hmm, what a bummer. But all these other podcasts play. And I like these other podcasts. I'll tell you what, I'll make sure to go unsubscribe from that enhanced podcast that from whoever, blah, 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 because that just doesn't work or whatever. I don't know why they can't get their thing straight. And then boom, you potentially have lost an audience member. Okay. Now, is that an extreme? Absolutely. But I deal in extremes because I'm an extremist. <laughs> Listen to me. You'll find out. Ah, anyway. So no, I don't like these things. So here's my question. If your visual aid is so important, if it is so important for you to visually display something, which by the way, people, you know, I, I hate to say it, but so many enhanced podcasts probably are causing people who are driving, listening to content to pick up their iPods or iPhones and look at the display because you you maybe mention it's like, well, if you look at your display now, you'll see that I displayed an image of this on your iDevice. Except for those of you who are sucking and don't have an iDevice, then you are actually listening to this on MP3 and I'm sitting here talking about an image that you don't have access to because you're a second class citizen in my community and you should go get an iDevice. All right. Do you see where? I, yeah, I'm not a fan of enhanced podcasts at all, personally. All right. So if if a visual aid is so important to your show, I would recommend just going all out with a video podcast. Heck, go ahead and create a YouTube channel and you'll have a, a, another mechanism for marketing your brand. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, as far as all the notes and things like that, head over to podcastanswerman.com slash tagging and how I get my entire show notes to show up uh, when you actually are looking at my podcast in the iTunes uh uh, or the iPod player of your iPhone or iPod Touch or iPad. Um, I do that in the lyrics tag. And I go over that in a in a video blog post I did over at podcastanswerman.com slash tagging. All right, well, I'll tell you what, man, I'm already at 40 minutes in this episode. The, thir- the talk is 34 minutes. And so here's what I'm gonna do. 
I'm not going to talk, I'm not going to say anything at the end of the interview. So I'm going to say all the things that I wanted to say at the end of the interview, or not the interview. It's not an interview. It's a panel discussion. Uh, but after, I'm going to just say them right now. Number one, my podcasting A to Z course, the only place I've mentioned the May course is really here in Podcast Answer Man and in Pursuing a Balanced Life over at pursuingabalancedlife.com. Cross promotion right there. All right. So anyway, podcasting A to Z course that I am doing again in May already seven out of the 20 slots are full. And so if anybody is interested, I still have room. I will begin the official marketing of the May course. And uh, if you want to get into that until uh, before I actually get the marketing all done, uh, then I would recommend that you um, uh, email me cliff at podcastanswerman.com. Again, that's cliff at podcastanswerman.com. And I want to say this really clear, and I want you to hear this. Those who are on the mailing list, all right, will get a special offer. Look for it. It should be there by Monday afternoon. And of course, by Monday afternoon, I mean Monday, April 11th, all right? So, um, or did I say Monday afternoon? Yeah, Monday afternoon. I'm going to try to make that deadline. So anyway, definitely uh, you want to participate in the mailing list if you want that special discount. Not to mention the fact that people who are on the mailing list are going to be the first ones notified of my new digital products that I'm going to have for sale uh, that were created for the March A to Z class. That's right, I created some new digital products over there and I'll be announcing those on the mailing list uh, probably within the next week to 10 days. So again, the mailing list is over at podcastanswerman.com slash mailing list podcastanswerman.com slash mailing list. And uh, for those of you who are on the list and you're thinking to yourself, maybe I'm not on that list because I haven't got an email from Cliff in forever. And the thing is, is you haven't got an email from me in forever because I haven't had anything to market for a while. I've been doing the class since March. And and once I sold that class out, I haven't sent any emails. My email list is not like most people. I'm not doing newsletters. It, it, my mailing list is a place for me to promote my products and services if you are at all interested in them, and also a place to get some good discounts from time to time on the stuff I've already created. So there you go. Thank you for tuning in. Again, the phone number to call in, 859-795-4067, and with Without any further ado, here is the PodCamp Nashville 2011 talk, uh, the panel discussion with Dave, no, not, yeah, Dave and Paula Foster from, um, let's see, davidandpaulashow.com, Connie and Sheila from connieandsheilatalk.com, and Dan Miller from 48days.com. And uh, I hope that you enjoy this. God bless. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to our panel discussion here. And wow, that's really loud. Okay, good. Uh, so anyway, we are going to be talking about how to become a thought leader and um, an, an influencer in whatever particular niche field that you decide that you're most passionate about or that you want to build a brand in. And one of the things that I wanted to do is actually bring some people to the table, to the panel discussion here, of people who I believe are doing exactly that. And uh, all, basically allowing them to take a few moments to introduce themselves. I have some main topics I want to actually throw out to them and, and ask them some questions about. And then I want to open it up to audience participation. So I'm going to uh, ask the microphone to go down to Dan Miller first to introduce himself. And uh, Dan, just take a second and talk about who you are, what your particular niche field is, and uh, what the name of your podcast is. 
Uh, I'm Dan Miller. I'm a life coach and author, and my podcast is 48 Days Online. Coming from uh, one of my books, 48 Days to the Working Love, so I deal with the work, how to find your purpose, your passion, and then how to translate that into meaningful, purposeful, creative, and profitable work. My name is David Foster, and this is my wife, Paula, and uh, we have five podcasts between us. I'm a pastor and a writer, and we own a, a, a company together called Making Marriage Fun Again, and that is the podcast that we really are passionate about, called David and Paula Show. And for us, what we, uh, you, you hear, uh, find something you're passionate about, what we found was a problem we couldn't stand anymore, and that is really, really good people losing their marriages simply because no one had ever really given them any help. And so we decided instead of cussing and cursing the darkness, we try to do something about it. We've been married 38 years, three adult daughters, so we've done some, well, Paula's done something. Right? <laughs> and uh, so that's, that's our story. We're sticking to it. <laughs> that's a good one. Hi, um, I'm Sheila Tidwell and, uh, of Connie and Sheila Talk. Am I too loud? Is this okay? Uh, anyway... We uh, podcast about real life real estate, and uh, we call it Real Life Real Estate Real Fun. And um, we started as a hobby. One year ago, we were sitting in those chairs, and we met Cliff Ravenscraft at this place. One year later, we have 50 episodes, and we're averaging 400 people a week coming to. We, we, we show, uh, we, pod, we post once a week, and so... Um, we're having a lot of fun with it too, so I'll let you finish it up and take it home. All right, so um, I'm Connie Williams, and I do want to thank Cliff because if it wasn't for Cliff, we wouldn't be here, and we wouldn't have Connie and Sheila talk either. And so last November, I got my real estate license. Sheila and I are both realtors, but we started our podcast as more or less as real estate investors and just being able to share information that we've learned over the last seven years about real estate, but then we kind of coined that into, we knew everybody wasn't going to be as interested in real estate as we were, and so we, we have a heart topic now on our show, and so we bring it in where it's not just about real estate, but it is about real life and, and real fun, and so we like to say now, I know that Dan, you signed, your, your, your email signature has a creative thinker, you sign that? Yeah. So we like to say we're conscious thinking, podcasting real estate agents. <laughs> <laughs> right. So as you can see, there, there are very various different niches that are, that are being represented uh, here on the panel today. One of the things that I have found is that um, over time, when you are building a successful brand online, you actually become a person that people come to know, like, and trust. And you can imagine by putting together a podcast and just sharing who you are and, and stuff like that, that people are going to come to know you through your podcast. Uh, but the question is, how do you get somebody to like you? And, and maybe a better question than to how, does, how do you get somebody to like you, how do you get somebody to trust you? And so I happen to know that the people who listen to the shows that are represented here on the panel that their audience trusts them immensely. And I know that that's something that's important to each of the people who are podcasting. So uh, I'm going to ask if you can give some advice on ways that you can uh, use your podcast to, to instill trust of who you are and what your brand is, what your purpose is, what, you know, who you're about, and, and the things that you're doing. How do you build trust with your audience through your audio podcast? Well, podcasting has an incredible degree of transparency to it. 
So I don't think you can be something on a podcast that you're not in real life. If people don't trust you in person, you're going to have a hard time building an audience with a podcast. So it, it just kind of stems from that. I've been communicating with people, uh, leading, coaching, teaching for a long, long time. And I've had a variety of ways to communicate with a larger audience. Those being a newsletter, a blog, and now podcast in the last few years. But with a podcast, there's a level of connection, a level of intimacy that I've never experienced with another form of leading. In a newsletter, I've got, I've got a lot of very loyal newsletter readers, but there's a level of connection with the podcast that goes way beyond that. So it's, it, it forces me to really be authentic. And I love that it does put me in that position, because I do want to be that. So I, I share a lot of personal things on there. It surprises me when people show up to live events out at our place. You know, it's like they've already been there. They, you know, give me a big hug because they feel like they know me just because of the connection that the podcast allows. I think one of the things, I don't want to pause for this, but one of the things we notice that when you go to try to get uh, help for marriage issues, it's usually a man or a woman who've been divorced 17 times. And uh, we know how odd for a husband and wife who actually have been through the hard knocks and the ups and downs of being married for 38 years and raising three adult daughters and starting four businesses and moving all over the country, sharing our story. And I think something for us would be lost in our ability to build trust if it weren't for Paula's voice. Well, I was agreeing with both of them, but the, uh, the thing that um, is, uh, I think the connection is the fact that you are real. And you, even though we've been married 38 years, you have struggles that you have dealt with, and you're trying to help someone else deal with their struggles. And uh, relating that information to people, whatever the subject is, helping them to connect with you, like Dan was saying, connect with you to understand that, hey, they're right where I am, and that's helping me. I think for us, as far as talking real estate investing, Sheila and I have done a lot of talks where we present in a way that we discuss this is the way we've done it. And recognizing that not everybody's the same and that we all have a unique way of thinking and that we all have different likes and different interests and different strengths and weaknesses. So to be able to say, because we've bought a lot of the guru's material, you know, the get rich quick stuff and people teach it this way, this is the way to do it. And so then if that doesn't work for you, then you feel like, okay, what am I doing wrong? And so recognizing that not everybody does everything the same way has really helped us. And, is in, and it, actually, we've been encouraged to just let people be who they are and to teach it in a way that, hey, this isn't the way to do it, but this is what's worked for us. And I think in doing that, it, it kind of lays it down a little bit where people are more comfortable and they recognize that as being, okay, we're not trying to tell somebody what to do. And so there's a trust issue in that. And then also incorporating into our podcast because we, we do recognize that everybody thinks differently. And so in letting people be who they are and not trying to tell people what to do or how to do it, it I think that builds trust. Let me, let me also say, because something you said, that you know, most of the great podcasts, I mean, we've all, all of us here, I, I listen to Dan, I listen to everyone's up here. So here's the thing that stands out about great podcasts uh, is that they're about discovery. It's what I'm discovering. So I'm on the journey. I'm not some, you know, uh, guru's, 
you know, who delivering it down from the throne. It's it's the people that I trust are the people who uh, who are who have some scars, but who are gaining on their demons and who are learning. And those people really rise to the top. I think that's how you build trust. Uh, is just saying this is where I found some bread. Maybe it'll work for you. If not, I respect your right to differ, but I'm going to go keep on digging. Absolutely. It's a great point. Uh, one of the, I'd just like to add to all of their comments that one of the ways I think we've kept it real is we keep it real um, and keep it down to earth. Um, when we first you guys laugh way too much. I'm here. That's, that's why I don't like your yeah. show. <laughs> we have way too much fun on here. But um, we, what we have done when we started a year ago, we had 30 people listening to us, and it was friends and family. And they were all like, that is so good. Y'all are so good. Of course they're going to say that. And then, you know, a year later, we have, we're averaging 350 to 400 people a week listening. Yeah. This week, we had our highest week at 586. And the day before, thank you. Thank you. So one of the things, what you're asking, um, how, how do we do that and, and make ourselves likable or people respond to us? We don't edit out a whole lot of things. Like when our dogs start barking, because they're in our Thinking Rock studio, we let them bark. Now, I remember one time um, they started barking and they took off out their dog door, and we just responded with, a squirrel has breached Thinking Rock studio. <laughs> bonus, and they're going out to take care of it. So we kept it real, and we didn't stop, and we just kept going with it. And we got really good response from that, because it, was, it wasn't canned. It was... It happened. So, well, one thing before you go, Cliff. One thing that impressed me about Sheila and Connie is uh, they said that initially they started reading their their script, and and it's not real to people. So therefore, you go, oh, this is just not me. And I think it's cool that your personality with with everyone shows, and that's what I think relates to people is who you are and knowing that you know we're all growing and learning together. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, another thing that I, I notice a lot in successful podcasts and, and branding is when we talk about personal brands, we talk about you know being a person, you know bringing the person to the personal brand, and that's something that I see evident here and, and evident in a lot of successful podcasts. And you do that by allowing yourself to be who you are to make your mistakes. I mean. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily here and, and stuff, but I, I, I want to share with you that if you were to listen to, I think it's episode 197 of Podcast Answer Man, I want to tell you, I did something that I am that not was proud of. I'm embarrassed for you, buddy. I love you. I'm embarrassed for you. I was minute rant about something that probably doesn't mean anything. And, and I showed a, a, a negative side of myself that I am not proud of, but I put it out there. Um, and, and I believe in just being who I am and not trying to be somebody else. And I will tell you, if you listen to Podcast Answer Man episode 198, the next episode, somebody was very unhappy with me, and several people were. But you played it. But, I, but the thing is, I play it and, and I just move forward and I say, you know what, I, you're right, I was wrong. And, and I move on. And so I think keeping it real, keeping it personal, and, and all of the things that you guys are sharing is great. Another thing that I see that you guys are doing a lot is uh, sharing stories. Uh, does anybody want to talk about the power of sharing stories and, and stuff like that? Because I know Dan, awesome. Dan is a master at this. I am a voracious reader. I mean, I don't have any illusions about creating totally original content for anything that I do in any format. 
but I'm a pretty good assimilator of things that I read and hear from other people. So I, I find things that trigger a story that I can frame. You know, I uh, spoke yesterday morning and talked about who are you and why are you here? And used a little story about a rabbi who got lost and he wandered off the wrong trail and his voice came out of the darkness. And who are you and why are you here? And he realized he was in front of the Roman garrison this young sentry and stopped him. But he framed a question back to that young man, said, you know, how much do they pay you? I'll pay you double to come to my cottage, stand in front every morning and ask me those two questions when I come out of my cottage. Who are you and why are you here? Those things seem to connect with people. And so I look for opportunities to find stories like that and share those as well as, you know, I, I'm a daddy and have nine grandchildren. My own family lineage provide a whole lot of fodder for stories that relate to real life situations. One of the things I want to say, if you're not podcasting, you, you ought to. you got to do this <laughs> uh, because we need your voice. But there, oh, but, but when I, uh, I'm a writer. Dan's also a writer. And one of the hardest things when you write your first book to be published to the world is to trust your voice. You write a piece of paper and you say, who do I think I am that anyone would want to waste any time reading what I have to say? But I want to tell you that when you learn to trust your voice, it really does become something uniquely you and uniquely attractive. So I want to say to you, trust your voice. You have something to say. Trust me, you do. And when you say it in your voice, it is compelling. Well, the stories that even uh, are natural to you, uh, that um, it, it starts, and I know when David and I are doing our podcast, we, we start a story and automatically it leads to another story that led to something, a thought that sometimes you hadn't thought about it in you know years. Uh, but the podcast is keeping your story alive and it also helps other people to carry their story and go, oh, that relates to me and I understand it through the storytelling. Uh, so the power of, of really relating in story who you are to other people helps them to connect to you in general. Our podcast kind of started out as um, a unique story, I like to think anyway. Dan and, and David are both talking about writing books and a couple of years ago, well, in May, it'll be two years that I started writing a book. And in writing that book, talking about self-discovery, wow, I learned more about myself than I ever imagined possible. And so that was kind of even the way the Thinking Rocks evolved. And, and so as we began trying to figure out how to share a message of who we are and what we are about, because like Seth Godin, I, loved, I didn't like to read in, in school, but I love to read now. And, and in Tribes, in Seth Godin's book, he talks about how we are all a voice and a leader and that, and that the world needs us. You know, we need you, you need us, we all have something to share. And so in discovering that and in discovering and creating Thinking Rocks, it became this, this message of wanting to share that. And Sheila and I were in the middle of trying to figure out how to share what we had learned through real estate investing and and in the beginning we were kind of having a little bit of a duel of like how do we how do we turn this into a podcast and and so what wound up happening it was kind of like the old Reese's peanut butter commercials you know your peanut butters and my chocolate that kind of thing and so our our conscious thinking and our creative thinking became a, a meshing with 
with real estate investing. That sounds kind of odd, but I think whatever your passion is, whatever your vocation is, thinking is still a part of that because you don't think like I think and, and we're all so different just because of how we were raised or the environment, our parents, our, the, the faith or background that we were raised in. So taking that and turning that into our podcast, we've created a what we call our segment three is a heart topic and that just kind of gets into some either real life, real fun stuff, but it's enabled us to be able to take both of those two things and share that message that we're both very passionate. We're passionate about real estate, but we're passionate about letting people be individuals and, and create. I'll, I'll quickly steal someone's story. Um, Cliff and Stephanie shared this story, and I heard it on their podcast, and it really inspired me because I'm waiting for this moment for us, You know, even though we've gotten some pretty cool emails. But they shared a story about a lady on the, her weight loss journey, and, and then I think just listening to you guys being able to podcast and talk about the real life of that, and that she was really not even wanting to participate in life any longer. But because she found you guys and started listening to your podcast, it inspired her, and now she's a better person. And you hear stuff like that, and you think, man, I'm sitting here in my chair at my desk, and I'm sending this message out to the world. Who's it going to touch? Who's it going to hit next? What can I do from right here? And so uh, for me and for Connie, you know, and for all of these guys, because I've met these folks you know, it starts out from the heart. Every, every one of them, I, I'm, I subscribe to all of their podcasts. It's all from the heart. And so I think that's your message. Wh- whatever it is that you're trying to promote, um, music or writing or real estate or whatever it is, it's just bringing it stories that matter that are from the heart. That's what uh, touches your audience and that's what affects your audience, I think. Also, let me say this, because I know you're, you, you want to make money doing this, right? I mean, I mean no, I, I don't. I totally don't have money. But here's the deal. Be, uh, uh, love people. Be generous. Let them fall in love with you first, and you'll figure out how to make money afterwards. If you don't do that, you will be among the sad number of mediocre podcasters who everyone, even your grandmother, can see through. <laughs> Amen to that. All right, I'll tell you what, I want to go ahead and open it up to some questions out there in the audience. If anybody's out there and you have some questions, go ahead. Let's see what your thoughts were. Do you get better feedback when you have a more consistent uh, structure to your podcast? And, or do you just kind of free flow and the, the structure is the, the, the key? Um, I'll answer first and then I'll pass it on down. For ours, we have three segments. We start off with a quote and then we go into typically segment two is real estate related. We don't always gear towards investors. Sometimes it's with homeowners. Like we have, we had a plumber on one day, man. He gave some great tips for a homeowner or anybody that's out looking at property. And then our third uh, segment is the heart topic. And so I think that really helped because. Like Cliff said in his segment before this session when we were over in the wannabes, he said, you know, have a a niche, you know. And so once we structured ours, it seemed like people could follow it better. And, yes, we started getting more response, uh, either posting or email comments. I I think people ought to know what to expect. I think it's difficult to be just 
resting on your celebrity status or something that you just get on there and wing it. Um, I, my podcast is simply answering questions that have been submitted. So I get a lot of questions submitted, and I scan through those questions that I think would have application to a, a wide scope of people. I often do a little research, so I'm simply answering questions online. And, and we've done some surveys to see if our readers or our listeners would want something else, and it comes back to pretty strong affirmation for doing the structure that we are doing now. Any other questions up front? Uh, what do you use as a lead button? Do you use music to start out? Or how, what kind That's of a good question for you, brother. <laughs> 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 I just went through that. I've had, I've had a lot of fun with that particular because I was on I was on the radio, I was on WTN here locally in Nashville for six years. And so there, under the radio station umbrella license with ASCAP, I used the old Bakken Turner Overdrive song, Taking Care of Business. And they came pretty identified with my show. When I started doing a podcast, then I'm no longer under the radio station license. But I continued using that. So I went then to ASCAP and BMI, and I said, what do I need to do to keep using that song? Because I wanted to use, I had lots of people offer to create new bump music for me, but I really liked using that one song because it's such a great tie-in. And ASCAP said, boy, that's not really our issue. We don't really know how to handle that. You need to probably go to the publisher, Sony. They connected with the publisher. I asked Sony, biggest music publisher in the world, I said, I want to use 58 seconds at the beginning, 33 seconds at the outro of just this one song. I'm not going to use lots of songs, just this one. It took four months of tons of emails back and forth to get a decision. I pushed and pushed because I wanted to create a precedent because it's such a, it's such a common thing. I mean, there's thousands of podcasts that use music bumps. They finally came back after consulting with their legal team in New York, all over this one little tiny thing, and said, would you be okay with $100 a year licensing? I said, that would be wonderful. They sent me a contract. They sent me a contract, and the contract had all kinds of legalese in there that was not applicable. It said it cannot be on a site where there's any form of advertising at all. Boom, I took a red marker and crossed it out. It said it cannot be downloadable. I said, you got to be kidding me, this is a <laughs> <laughs> I crossed that out. I made major revisions and just deletions on the contract, sent my $100, sent it back in. About three weeks later, I got a clean contract exactly as I had done it back. And said, if you'll just sign this, we'll put it in our files. So I didn't... I'm sorry, can you post that on your website so that other people can manage? He did an episode. He did an episode. Yeah. I don't know what number it is. It's a real, it's pretty recent. What about the contract? What about the contract? Oh, the contract? Yeah, I can do that. (laughs) That would be amazing. Because I I didn't want to go through that, I went to musicbakery.com and I looked, they have awesome music for 49 bucks. I got my bumper and I got no problems. Yeah, yeah. That's the same thing we did. We got ours from M- Music Bakery. I think we paid thirty nine dollars. Maybe ours is four. Because you're a real estate agent. Was there a question back in the back? Thank you. Uh, I'll just use myself as an example. I, for example, have a, I'm just coming on board with this podcast. Oh. 
Let me answer that because I, I, I face that same question. And while it's a little harder, the learning curve is a little further, learn how to do it. And this man right here, and I'm, not, I'm seriously, because this man right here is the only guy who's put it all together and it's simple and it's affordable. It can cost a lot of money. So, I, and I know where you're coming from. I, I would much rather go. I've had tons of people say, I'll record it and I'll put it up. I'll do it. But you know what? I want to know how to do it. And it's not that hard. And then once you do that, you can control it as to when you do it and how you change it. That, that'd be my hope. I want to add one thing to that. And, and I trust me, I, I strongly encourage people to, to build your own and to take the time to learn it or uh, pay somebody to, to teach you how to learn it. Um, with that being said, I've been in this long enough and I've, I've podcasted about podcasting long enough to know that some of you will not want to spend any money to create your podcast. So with that in mind, I want to highly suggest that you learn one thing. And that is what an RSS feed is and what it has to do with your podcast. And if you choose to use a third-party service, it doesn't matter which one. I'll name a couple. Blog Talk Radio, Podbean, TalkShoe, a bunch of other services out there. You just look for them. They're out there. And basically, you sign up for the service. You don't pay anything. They'll do everything for you. Whatever you do, do not let them take your RSS feed and submit it to iTunes for you. Do not let it happen. I'm going to tell you one name and one name only, FeedBurner. It's owned by Google. You take the RSS feed from your third-party service, you take it through FeedBurner, and then you send that FeedBurner feed to iTunes all on your own. All you have to do is download iTunes, go to the music store, go to podcasts, click submit a podcast. Enter in your FeedBurner RSS feed and you will be in iTunes. That way, when you get fed up with your third-party service and you actually find out that this podcasting can really be something more than just what you thought it might be, then you can leave that third-party service and you won't have to worry about leaving, you know, abandoning your RSS feed that actually has hundreds if not tens of thousands of subscribers. You can actually take all of your subscribers with you to a new place using the FeedBurner feed. Another question? Um. This, this is geared to, to you because you're the podcast man. Um, I, I do a, a talk show. I basically do a racing talk podcast show and stuff like that. When it comes to a particular topic or subject, what is the what what do you recommend in, in uh, duration? I should stay on that particular subject. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I'm going to ask. I'm going to see if we can turn it over to the panel. How do you guys determine what's the I'd right no duration? Ten, I'd say no more than ten minutes. Really? That, one top. Yeah, one top. Oh, yeah. Well, is that what is that your question? What how, per, per topic? How much yeah. time? Yeah, because I mean, I, I go listen to the playback playback of myself, and I'm still trying to perfect myself. It's about pacing. Time. It's about pacing. It's about moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, because I always, I just just ramble on, and it yeah. all of a sudden, like 15, 20 minutes, I'm still like, yeah. you know, stuck on one topic. I know when it comes to like talking, you gotta you gotta be entertaining. Yeah. You can't be just draining out with information, just blabbering, you know? I would recommend that you, it's on racing. Yeah. I would recommend that you take just some mental notes and give yourself three pointers. You know, if you're going to make a 40 minute podcast, discipline yourself and stay within the 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Write down the topics that you're wanting to cover for that, covering the past week. You know, maybe the four top drivers or what happened at the race. Make those bullet lines for yourself. 
and then stay on it. Have a clock in front of you, stay on target, and it'll make it more concise. And I think, you know, and then that'll help you a little bit too. Awesome. Right up here, second row. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if you join a Toastmasters club, they will teach you how to stay on yes, target. Yes, they will. They're awesome. <laughs> yes, I can. I Toast, Toastmasters. We need to join. I'll help you speak, they'll help you record. <laughs> Well, well I was, what, what I wanted to know is you talked about you were, that you should be authentic and you should tell the stories of your life and those kind of things. How do you deal with, with people in your family or your friends when they start showing up in your stories? Do you, have, you had, have you had to look back from that or do you let them listen to it before this, you put it on the air? This is also a big issue in your writing because yes. it's hard not to write your family and your story. And I got great advice uh, early on is don't use podcasting for therapy. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and once once you once you you know what I'm saying once you've acknowledged that, then I think it's okay to mention them, but not in a in, in a negative light. And you can do that. You can mention. I could say you know my mom and dad uh, weren't very affectionate to us, and I. That's to me is not that's history. That's not that's not therapy, and and so I would say and so in in response to that, I've had to force myself to to intentionally be affectionate with my children. So for me, I think that's okay. But I've just tried to say: Is this therapy? Is this therapy? Am I trying to you know do something here that's not fair? I think part of that, too, just goes along the lines of, you know, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, because there have been family and friends that actually like being heard on some of our shows. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and if we're saying something nice, something kind and, you know, encouraging about him, then they're like, hey, cool, thanks for mentioning me on that. But I don't think they'd have been so excited if it had been something kind of ugly. You know, they might not have talked to us for a while. What, we got time for probably one or two more questions. Right over here. Yeah, um, Dave, you follow to a Thursday morning. Yes. Pretty much you record live. Live. Now, yes. How are you doing? You know, phone calls into the show, and you know, how'd you get that number set up and all that sort of stuff? I mean, you pre-recorded and then. Again, we do everything we know about love and life. We learn from Cliff Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what we do is we have a Google Voice number, which is free. Did I say free? Free Google Voice number, and people call in and leave that as an MP3. Now, Cliff would not like that because the quality is not as good, but it also transcribes, <laughs> and so we do we do we do it that way. Um, and because we limit our show, back to your question, because we we really do believe that for us, 35 minutes is the outer limit. It's 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 a drive time. It's an average drive time on on a morning. Dan does 48 days for obvious reasons. Uh, 48 minutes. 40, I'm sorry. 48, 48 minutes, 48 days. Same thing. Uh, and so we, and Connie and Sheila are all over the place. <laughs> so I think if, if you have a predetermined length of time, that determines how many questions you can deal with. And so we give people the option of an email, and we give them the option of a voicemail. But we emphasize for us because because what we're dealing with marriage and family and other things is we say please stay anonymous so that you won't feel like in any way we're picking on you. Because we also lead a spiritual community here in town, and we don't want anyone within our, our faith family 
to, to hesitate to ask us whatever they need to ask. One more question. Anybody? Right back in the back here. Uh, guests or no guests? And how do you... Uh, what about the pressure of doing it on a consistent basis and not having a vacation? Can, can I answer that first? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I want to say, is speaking of guests, is that our very, very first show was when we had Cliff, he drove to Nashville, helped us get set up, so he was our first guest and was interviewing us about what our podcast was about. And one thing I'm very proud to say is that last week, we, we did this, we did a recording, we had never done a Skype interview before, but Cliff taught us how to do that. Sheila was not able to be a part of it because her mother was in the hospital, and so Cliff and I spent about an hour on Skype for our one-year anniversary, which will hit this Wednesday on iTunes. So it's me and Cliff talking via Skype, and I just I was really excited about that. One, being here one year later, having a podcast with 50 episodes, and then our one-year anniversary getting to be with him, because, had, had again, had it not been for him, we wouldn't be doing this. So that was... That was really exciting. So y'all can talk about guests. I just one, wanted to one mention thing, that. My first, I'm proud to say, my first guest interview, I do a podcast called Renegade's Guide to God. And I took a recorder, went down to a restaurant downtown and interviewed Stephen Mansfield on uh, one of his books. And the ambient noise in a restaurant really makes that sound cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it's free. <laughs> it's free. $39. Hey, can I, can I see the microphone? I just want to point out real quick, um, Dan Miller, 48days.com slash listen. David Paula Foster, uh, davidandpaulashow.com. Connie Williams and Sheila Tidwell, you have um, Connie and Sheila Talk. Yes. 